Welcome to the Mississippi Golfer Podcast. From courses and tournaments to players and personalities, this is your home for everything Mississippi Golf. Let's get started. Here are your hosts, Paul and Matt. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Mississippi Golfer Podcast. Going solo today. Paul has been kind of come down sick the last couple of days, so we'll hold out he could join us, but not to be. So we had to push forward. This is a big week in Mississippi golf. Sanderson Farmers Week is probably our biggest event of the year. I know it's the one we look forward to the most. And, you know, this one's not quite what it used to be, what we're used to. I mean, there's there's no fans, uh, which really is disappointing because uh, we were really looking to have probably the best feel we've ever had. And that really looks to be the case. I mean, we've got some some much bigger names that we'll go into in just a minute. As a member of the club, uh, the course is in great shape. You know, looking forward to um, really just watching on TV like everybody else. What would, would should be a really good week of golf and really putting our course and our state kind of in the national spotlight. Um, you know, being the second year of a full-time event, um, you know, this is really the only game in town right now for golf. So, with that comes some definitely some pluses, and we'll kind of jump into some information and stats for the tournament. Uh, obviously, last year's uh, winner, Sebastian Munoz, got his first victory here, and really that catapulted him off to a really good season. Uh, we'll talk about him in just a minute. He's looking to be the first player ever to defend the Sanderson Farms title. In all the years, we've never had a defending champion, uh, so he's looking to be the first one to do that. And being as he was a first-time winner last year, the past six years, we have had first-time winners in Jackson. Uh, since 2014, six straight years. Good chance that could happen again this year. Got a lot of good players that haven't won yet. Um, looking to make this their kind of catapult their season, too. And really, in the fall, we kind of talked about our tournament getting its own date. And there was really a kind of reshuffling in the fall. And really, I think a lot of ways made the fall much more important. Um, yeah, eight out of the 10 winners of fall events made it to the Tour Championship this year, including Sebastian Munoz. Uh, he was our first ever champion to make the Tour Championship. Um, so I, I think less tournaments. The 500 FedEx points, um, that really makes a difference, and I think that's helped attract some really good players to our field. And spend a little time going through some of the stats on the, the PJ Tour media page and uh, really some inter- interesting stats kind of going into this this year about the course here and kind of what it takes to play well and really how hard this course is, especially on the green. So, you know, five of the last six winners have ranked in the top 15 strokes gained tee to green you got to hit the ball well. Typically, players hit a lot of greens. These greens are big, but with that comes some challenging putts. The putting has really been the, the key to success at the Country Club of Jackson. So top five winners are in that top 15. You've got to hit the ball well, and you definitely have to putt well. Last year, we were the fourth longest course on tour, playing at 7,460 yards. That will be that maybe even a little bit longer this year. They did add an extra tee box back on 17 to give a little bit different angle and a little, just a little bit more length to that, uh, that next to last hole. And then putting. Putting, as always, you, know, you hear a lot of players that have been very complimentary of our course and of our greens. Uh, but they're, they're good, but they're also a challenge. And I think this year, I think hopefully I would think one of the draws is with the Masters in a couple weeks, I feel we can get our greens very similar to what Augusta will with type, speed. There is a lot of undulation there, and our greens are a challenge. 
since 2014-15 season, the Country Club of Jackson has produced the fourth most three-putts of any golf course on tour. There have been 1,398 three-putts on CCJ since we started playing this course. In 2019, the field had 298 three-putts, making it the most total on this on our course since it moved from Annadale and the third most of any course on tour last season. These greens are big. There's a lot of slope in them, and there's a lot of and, and they're they're a challenge. And you know, I play them a lot, and and I still have trouble reading the greens sometimes. That I've been playing out there just about my whole life. But they can put these greens on a few really quirky spots, and they get that speed up, and it they really become a challenge. The fifth lowest made putt percentage inside ten feet at eighty six point seven five percent. The fourth lowest make percentage between five feet and 15 feet of any course at 43.45%. That's a big difference from a 10 foot inside 10 and then just that adding that five to 15 drops almost 40, really over 44%. The hole with the most three putts since 2014 was number seven, which is a fairly long par three uh, with 125 total three putts. So the greens are going to be the, the, the biggest challenge. And if you can putt well, you know, this this tournament is there for the taking. And with that, you know, we've got a lot of talented players in this field, which we were expecting that to be the case. And I think for the most part, we didn't disappoint. There were a few other players I would have loved to have seen. Uh, Jordan Spieth being on the top of that list. You know, he hasn't had the season he would like. And this being a good Southern course, you know, fairly similar to Texas kind of feel. You know, I thought maybe this would be a good place for him to kind of come and get started. Not to be the, not the case, uh, I was hoping Bubba Watson, maybe a few other of those Florida Sea Island guys would come in. But overall, we've got a good field. They include three past FedEx champions with Bill Haas, who's a former champion of the Sanderson Farms of 2011, Brant Snedeker, 2012, and Henrik Stenson, 2013. We have nine past Sanderson Farms champions in the field and nine winners of majors in the field with 10 total major victories. So we'll go a few of those names here in just a minute, but I wanted to kind of start with the Monday qualifier. Uh, we had four players get in on the Monday qualifier. A couple of Mississippians were in the field. Um, Matt Fast made it into a playoff for the last spot. Uh, played at Southern Miss, I believe now is the assistant golf coach at University of Houston. Uh, he missed out in the playoff. I think it was a nine-man playoff for two spots, I believe. It was it was pretty intense, but congrats to him for even getting there and uh, really having a shot to get back into the end of the field. But the one that really struck my eye, and it's just it's a really cool story, is Jay McLuhan. Uh, definitely not somebody we've ever heard of. Um, he's a 40-year-old, just kind of journeyman of golf. You know, he's only played in 12 previous tour events since turning pro in 2000. He's only made three of those cuts. So he's played a few of the Corn Ferry slash Web slash Nationwide all the way back starting in 2003. Played 17 Corn Ferry Tour events. Only made two cuts total in those events. So definitely been a journey. Played a lot of mini tours. Um... But he came out and he won the Monday qualifier. It was at Deerfield, shot 66. His story is just really incredible. There was a little Q&A with him on the PGA Tour, and he's battled some serious illnesses over the past. And back in 17, uh, he had just a heart attack. He was, it says, just really just sitting at home and just went into full cardiac arrest. No warnings, just kind of happened. And luckily, 
they were able to get 911 there and revive me and, and all the hospitals kind of coming in and out of consciousness, had to get the paddles out. And, and, you know, thankfully he was able to, you know, come through that and, and really has had no problems since. Uh, he said he did have to get a pacemaker put in, but overall he's had no issues. And then, um, even just this past year, uh, this year, um, he says he and his wife were brush hauling some land and the brush hog basically flipped on him and, and, pinned his wife down and, and was losing consciousness and um, just a crazy story of a guy that's had a lot of, uh, you know, traumatic experiences off the golf course and, you know, very little experience on the golf course, but he's still out there grinding on Monday, Monday qualifiers trying to, to get that break. And maybe this will be the, the week for him. I mean, he, he would be <clears throat> an incredible story and, and uh, the ultimate underdog and, I think that's a lot of what this tour and our tournament is about is giving guys a chance to, to break through. And you know, maybe this will be Jay's chance. Definitely be a story to watch. Uh, we'll kind of go through some of the players and just some information on some of them. And we'll start with Sebastian Munoz, the defending champion. Again, as I said, looking to be the first champion to repeat. Um, you know, if you remember watching last year, he won it in dramatic fashion. Sung JM really had control a lot on that, that last, um, really on the back nine of, of Sunday. Munoz had to he sank a, just a 14-foot, 7-inch, according to ShotLink, on 18 to force a sudden death with Sung Jay, and he won it on the 18th hole in the first playoff hole to get his first-ever victory. And that really catapulted him. He had a pretty good year continuing through. Uh, he finished eight in the FedEx points um, and made his first tour championship, and that's by far the highest ranking we've ever had for a FedEx standings from our you know, Sanderson Farms winner. There's no doubt the extra FedEx points make a difference in that and the way the the tour has structured the fall. But before um, Munoz, our highest finisher in the FedEx was Chris Kirk in 2011 when he finished 42nd. Uh, so from 42nd to 8th is a big difference. Um, and Munoz played well throughout the year. Actually played decent in the, in the tour championship. I think it didn't finish in the top 10 or 15, but... Uh, was there nonetheless, and I think represented this this event well. And, he, and again, as I mentioned with putting, he putted really well last year. And he's looking to kind of replicate that this year. He finished first in strokes game putting with plus 1.562 strokes gained. You're going to have to be able to putt, and you have to be able to hit the ball close. And he did that last year, and that was no coincidence that he ended up winning. A couple more players. I think the biggest name in the field is Sergio Garcia. Uh, he's one of only two players in the field with double-digit tour victories. He's got 10 wins. Uh, his last win was was actually one of his majors in 2017, the Masters. Um, making his debut in this year's event, I'm you know, hoping that's going to be a trend with a few more of these bigger players seeing how important this fall season is and really wanting to get a jump start on, on their career and their season. Uh, you know, Sergio hasn't been playing the best in the last couple weeks. I saw that he's ranked 51st in the world golf ranking. I think it's the first time he's been ranked outside the top 50 in probably 10 plus years. It's been a long time since he has been out of that. So, you know, he's definitely looking to kind of jumpstart his season and really get it off to a good start. Uh, Sung JM is back. Uh, I believe he's playing in his third start. Uh, and he, as I just mentioned, was, was Munoz. He, I mean, he played incredibly well. He lost in the playoff to Munoz on the first playoff hole, and he really comes into this year, this week being one of the favorites. Kind of kind of looked at some golf eyes just to kind of see where they stacked up, and he is second, uh, ranked at 15-1. to one. So 
he's one of those guys that he's so consistent. And, you know, after he missed in the playoff this year, he did get a win later in the season at the Honda Classic. So he, he did get over that hump and get that first win as, you know, after he, he did one you know, rookie of the year that year, uh, well-deserved and, and just a great young player that definitely expects some good things from him this year. Another one high on the list um, of the favorites is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, he was the 19 uh, and 20 rookie of the year. This will be his, I believe, second start here in Jackson and his 35th career start of the season. If you remember watching the U.S. Open, this is actually his first tournament of the season. He did get COVID and had to pull out of the U.S. Open. And I saw an interview with him he did today and you know just how devastating that was. But it's the world we live in and they know that it's a risk that they take, and that can be, you know, it's so unpredictable, it seems, how this happens and how he got it. But nonetheless, he had to pull out and hasn't played since. So he's he's really looking to come in and, and get his season off to a good start. He finished fifth in the FedEx Cup last season. The only rookie to ever finish higher than him was Xander Shoffley, who finished third in 2017. So Scotty Shuffler is a name that has been at the top of the leaderboard Still looking for that first tour victory. He's had two Corn Ferry tour victories and just an overall great ball striker. Um, and if he comes in putting well, uh, he in most places they sh- he is seen as the favorite for the week. So we'll see if he can get that done this week and kind of get over that hump and get that first victory. Another great story, um, Stuart Sink got the win at Safeway for the, the first event of this season, giving him his seventh total PGA Tour victory. He's 47 years old, and that he is the oldest winner of an opening tour event since 1970. Yeah, he's a guy also that hadn't been playing really that well. This is huge for him because he's kind of in that really the, the kind of the limbo years of really that late 40s, kind of waiting where most players don't at that age don't have a lot of status, waiting to kind of hit that 50 to go to the Champions Tour. But now he's got status pretty much all the way up until he can turn to the champions tour. So I know he's excited about that to know where he can play and he's back again in Jackson and will definitely be one of the bigger names in our field. Uh, one of the other big names is Zach Johnson. He's making his third start this year. Um, and he has the most victories of anyone in the field with 12 total victories. Obviously he's got some majors with the masters. Uh, Zach's always a, just a fun guy to watch. Um, such a nice guy seeing our little kids get autographs from him last year and he was a super nice guy so glad to have him back in the field but I think the guy that has really the biggest buzz right now is Will Zalatoris we've kind of talked about him and Davis Riley kind of really doing well and really well dominating really taking control of the Corn Ferry Tour he's currently the points leader in on the Corn Ferry Tour even though he hasn't played there in the last few weeks he's been kind of busy on the PGA Tour but he's had 11 consecutive top 20s on the, on the, on the Corn Ferry Tour past you know, events he has been playing in. So very consistent, really hitting the ball well. Um, he's had a last couple of events that have been on the PGA Tour where he played in the U.S. Open, finished tied for six. He was in the Putacana last week in the Dominican where he finished eighth. And really he's racked himself up some pretty good FedEx points for being a non-PGA Tour member. That's where you know this week could be big for him if he can keep that going. Um, he currently enters a week with 185 non-member FedEx points. And that came from the U.S. Open in Putacana with two good finishes there. He needs 103 more points to, to reach the basically was the top 50 of last season and secure a special temporary membership for the rest of the season. 
So basically, you didn't being able to play your way on to have a chance to get your card this way instead of having to go through the Corn Ferry Tour, which as of now, he would absolutely get it, being that he's first on that tour. So he's going to get here either way, but he may get here just a little bit faster if he can keep playing well here. Uh, with this exemption, with this membership, he will be eligible for unlimited sponsors exemptions and work towards get reaching the top 125 for the season and then getting his card that way. This has been done very few times, and this would you know would be a great achievement for him. And it could happen this week. If he finishes fifth or higher, he would earn 110 points. The 110 points is for fifth place and obviously higher if he wins. If he does that this week, he will have special temporary membership for the rest of the season. And he's really one of the favorites coming in. He's at 18 to 1 odds to win this week, which is third on the list of all those in the field. So, you know, I think he was the favorite to win last week. I saw, I heard on PGA Tour Radio as really a non PGA Tour member, which has never happened before to somebody that is playing that well and that, you know, expected to do that well that has no status on the PGA Tour. But that's exactly where Will Zalatoris is. Um, but and looking at his scoring average, you'll see why he's playing so well. He's at 68.37 scoring average in his last 13 starts. And that's where he's had these consecutive top 20s. He's had six in the U.S. Open, 10th last week on tour. So you average 68 most weeks, you're going to do pretty well. And that's exactly what's happened with Will. And, you know, he is currently rooming Davis Riley, living together in Dallas, just playing a lot of golf. And, I mean, playing incredibly well. And then hopefully Davis can pull some of that off this week, too. Uh, he's making his second start in the Southern Sanderson Farms and his sixth career PGA store, Tour start. He did make the cut last year uh, in the event. I believe he finished around, I think he was around 35th or so. But so, I mean, he, he's kind of coming home. He's from Hattiesburg, obviously, and you know, knows this course pretty well. He played at Presbyterian Christian School in Hattiesburg, and there were a couple high school events. I believe even the early Gator events he would have played in on the, the Country Club course. So, he obviously didn't play it at this length, but he has some experience and is very familiar with these grasses um, and kind of the, the layout that he will have. So he's looking to really kind of catch fire this week too, and hopefully he can do that. He's he's had two Corn Ferry wins, and he is currently second behind Zalatoris on the Corn Ferry standing. So you know he's really primed to get his tour card as, as well, but he would love to jump on with what Will is doing and really kind of catch fire this week and, and have a good week in his backyard. So I'm hoping he can do that. There are some other Mississippians in the field. Uh, as you know, um, every year the state amateur champion gets in the field. So Isaiah Jackson is here uh, as the reigning state am champion. And Kyle Ramey is, I believe, playing in his third Sanderson Farms as the Gulf State PGA section champion. So I, I really like that they they you know they put these guys in there. They give some locals, some more locals a chance to to play. So good luck to them. I know that will be just a great experience for them to come in and, and play. Uh, in this event in their home state. And we know going out to the club this year and watching. So it's all going to be on TV. So if you don't have PGA Tour Live, this may be a great week to go get it because I believe coverage starts at 7 a.m. and I believe goes throughout the day. Golf Channel is going to pick it up, I think, in the afternoon. Yeah, The only way to watch this year's event is TV and then Sirius XM radio, um, which I'll be doing some of that tomorrow. Definitely watching some of the office, but playing tomorrow in the uh, fifth squad event. We had Lee Stringer on a couple weeks ago talking about this event. That tournament is tomorrow, so I'll be playing in that and definitely following closely with uh, what's going on at the Country Club. And we will definitely be bringing you more coverage of uh, this week as we um, just kind of see that as the week unfolds and uh, hoping to have Paul back with us to kind of jump in on some of that coverage and, and 
really kind of see how this week unfolds. So just want to give you a quick little preview of some of the players. I know I'm sure something you've been following closely as well. This is a really exciting week. I would love to be able to be out there and watch uh, for sure, but not to be looking forward to some good TV coverage and seeing really how this course looks on TV and how the week unfolds. So thanks for listening. I hope you will check back throughout the week and and, um, as we kind of follow the event. I hope you get a chance to watch a lot of it, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Mississippi Golfer Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Want more? Find us online at msgolfer.net. And also, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook.